Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, invites you to be the informed patient with the podcast that features experts from Central New York's only academic medical center. I'm your host, Amber Smith. Parents have a lot of questions about COVID vaccines for their children who are under the age of five. Here with me with some answers is Dr. Yana Shaw. She's a professor of pediatrics at Upstate specializing in infectious disease. Welcome back to The Informed Patient, Dr. Shaw. Thank you for having me, Amber. Great to be here with you. Now, probably the most important question is, how do we know these vaccines are safe? Yeah, very important question. Safety is one of the most important concerns parents have. um, And understandably, they want to make sure that whatever they put in their children's bodies is safe. Um, We do know vaccines are safe um, in general and specifically for COVID vaccines because we have a very robust vaccine safety monitoring system in the United States. The vaccines are tested during clinical trials and the testing itself and monitoring is very rigorous. And in addition, the vaccines continue to be monitored for safety once they are authorized or licensed. So vaccine safety monitoring does not end once we um, use vaccines in general public. Same process we follow for a vaccine authorization or licensure in children. During the clinical trials, vaccine safety data is collected, carefully monitored and documented. And um, even after vaccines are authorized, children continue to be monitored um, uh, to ensure that the vaccines they've received, including COVID vaccines, that they remain safe. So in short, the answer is, how do we know? We know because we we look uh, and measure and document safety. And if we identify any uh, concerning signals, we pause, we quickly evaluate, and we use scientific epidemiological methods to establish causality, right? Because, because something happens after vaccination doesn't mean it happened because of vaccination. So association does not imply causation. Hence, if there are any serious concerns or signals that come up, we pause, use scientific methods to investigate. And if we uh, find out that there is a problem, we stop using vaccines. And we have lots of good examples from the past where there were some safety concerns, uh, the rotavirus vaccine, for example, where vaccination was paused and uh, production was stopped and we stopped using the vaccine because there was an issue. Um, But similarly, you know, there are, um, there might be uh, concerns um, uh, that arise and we establish the concerns are not related to vaccination. We lift the pause and we continue to vaccinate. So by the time the FDA has approved this vaccine, it's already been used in numerous children. It's been tested out and and made sure that it's safe. It's not coming straight from a lab to a person. It's already been tested in people, right? Oh, absolutely. So the difference between the safety we know from clinical trials and the safety we know from population level monitoring is that for the COVID vaccines for children, and we are talking about the little ones, the six months to five years of age or so, you know, there were over eight thousand children enrolled in those clinical trials. So we do have vaccine safety information uh, for those children and the vaccine safety focus on the same 
areas um, um, that um, it did for adults. So, for example, we always look at what we call systemic reactions, essentially after vaccination. How many children did get fever? How many children did feel tired? How many children had headaches and so on and so forth? And we also look at local reactions. How many children had pain at the site? How many had swelling? And we ask them every day, we call them, we document, we measure. This is a very rigorous, robust process to ensure that the vaccines are well tolerated and they are safe. Now, it was more than a year ago that vaccines were approved for adults. Why did it take so much longer for the under five-year-olds? Well, it's uh, because uh, we always start with the populations who are at the highest needs for vaccination, right? So with COVID, um, in the beginning of the pandemic, we thought that the elderly and adults with underlying medical conditions, such as hypertension, diabetes, and so on and so forth, were at the greatest risk of dying. So the vaccine development and testing was focused on adults. Um, but over time, and especially with Omicron, we recognized that COVID is a big deal for children too. So as we have slowly uh, lowered the age of clinical testing uh, to the younger, younger age groups and children, it took us a while to get there because the approach was cautious, was deliberate, and was based on um, epidemiology of the disease and the urgency uh, with which uh, Omicron spread throughout the U.S. And by epidemiology, I mean monitoring for frequency of disinfection in the population. So why should kids get vaccinated? Um, it's really important to remind ourselves that COVID can be serious even in young children. Historically, we thought of COVID as disease of elderly and people with underlying medical conditions. But as we learn more and as, as Omicron swept through the country, we recognize the children were particularly vulnerable to Omicron. Number of them ended up in the hospital and um, number of them ended up with um, uh, some serious complications of the infection known as MIS-C, which stands multi-inflammatory syndrome in children. Um, so we know Omicron uh, can be serious for children and the infection can have very unpredictable manifestation. Therefore, it's of paramount importance that all children are protected against severe disease and vaccination is the only way to do it. We have since um, uh, the pandemic started, we have since removed masking, social distancing, uh, people now gather in public spaces. So the risk of exposure to the virus um, is much greater than it was during times where we were either uh, working remotely, children uh, were at school remotely or had to wear a mask, that level of protection is now removed. Uh, so vaccination is single most important interventions that parents can do to protect their children. Is this vaccine for the children under five, is it the same vaccine that adults are taking, just less of it? Absolutely, yes. So it is the same vaccine. Both uh, Moderna and Pfizer were authorized. For Pfizer, the dose of the uh, vaccine is tiny. It's only three micrograms. 
which is a very small amount of what we call antigen, that information that goes um, into um, our bodies to instruct the immune system to build protection. With Moderna, again, it's the same vaccine as well, just with a reduced dose. This is Upstate's The Informed Patient Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Yana Shaw. She's a pediatric infectious disease expert at Upstate, and we're talking about the new COVID vaccination recommendations for children under age five. You mentioned Pfizer and Moderna. Both of those are mRNA vaccines. Adults also originally had an alternative vaccine option. Is that available for children as well? So I believe you're referring to Johnson & Johnson vaccine. That is not available for children. And just for the listeners, mRNA vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, are the preferred vaccines, mostly because there were concerns um, about severe, serious reaction following vaccination with Johnson & Johnson vaccine and clotting disorder. Particular women were at higher risk for this severe complication. And because we monitor vaccine safety carefully, we picked up the signal, we established it was related to vaccination, and we therefore prefer uh, that people use mRNA vaccine and not Johnson Johnson. For children, that option is not available. So how should a parent choose, or do they get to choose between Pfizer and Moderna? Very difficult question. Sometimes having choices can be challenging, right? With Pfizer, um, uh, you know, it is a three-dose vaccine, so it will take a while for the child to be uh, fully uh, protected because it really, uh, you have to sort of maintain the intervals between the doses. Moderna is two-dose vaccine, so parents who are eager to get their children protected faster Uh, they may choose to use Moderna, where only two doses are required. If uh, they would prefer maybe higher level of protection and um, uh, wait a little longer for the full protection, uh, they could choose Pfizer. Is one better than the other for a child with a chronic health condition? There are no um, uh, differential recommendations uh, for Moderna or Pfizer. Um, the vaccines were tested in children with underlying conditions and also in children with different ethnic and racial backgrounds. Uh, so we know the vaccines do perform really well, regardless of whether uh, the child is otherwise healthy or may have asthma or other uh, medical uh, issues. Um, and the vaccines were tested in different races as well. Now, these are shots that we're talking about. Is there another option for inhaling through the nose, or is it only available as a shot? It is only available as a shot. Uh, we don't have nasal vaccine. Um, as um, as you noted, you know, influenza, for example, we have a flu nasal vaccine, but that option is not available for COVID, not only not for children, but not for adults as well. Can these vaccines be given when the child comes for other childhood vaccinations? Yes. Co-administration is um, approved. Um, They can be safely given with other vaccines. Parents should just check with their pediatrician to make sure the vaccines are available on site. Sometimes pediatricians' offices may choose to 
schedule that COVID vaccine clinic because we are trying not to waste uh, COVID-19 vaccines. The vaccines are packed um, in um, uh, numbers of 10. So, you know, if you open one um, and you only use one, then you would waste nine doses. So pediatricians and providers try to be really careful and thoughtful about usage and they may choose uh, to schedule vaccine cleaning where multiple children will come so we don't waste any vaccine. So please check with your pediatrician's office what practice is available. I think some parents feel like, you know, the pandemic's over, so maybe they don't need to vaccinate their child or maybe the child's already been exposed and they're safe. Do they still need to be vaccinated? Yes, the answer is yes. And you're right. A lot of children, especially during Omicron wave, got infected. In fact, some of the data suggests that three out of four children were infected uh, during Omicron. The challenge with natural infection is that the, the protection doesn't last long. And we know people can get uh, reinfected upon exposure, especially as the COVID variants um, escape natural uh, immunity. So because natural immunity doesn't last long and um, breakthrough infections continue to occur, it's really important uh, that children are uh, vaccinated uh, because vaccines provide a reliable level of protection. Should a child get vaccinated if they already had COVID? The answer is yes. Um, and um, uh, we know um, that COVID infection provides you with certain degree of protection, but the protection uh, is limited. We know probably three months after your infection, you are again at risk of being reinfected and um, you may develop a severe disease. So, and in fact, I know personally several people who had repeatedly uh, been infected with COVID. So we know that immune protection from natural infection wanes over time, it wanes very quickly, and therefore vaccination is probably the best next strategy for you rather than being exposed to the virus because the vaccine protection lasts longer and in fact, in people who had natural infection and got vaccinated, they had even higher level of antibodies, which are the molecules that protect you uh, from severe disease. Um, so we know that vaccination following natural infection is safe because the clinical trials, including the childhood trials, the Pfizer has shown and shared data with us about um, safety and uh, immunity uh, following uh, vaccination in children who had COVID. So I wanted to ask you more about what the COVID vaccine does for children under the age of five. We're not really sure for how long it will protect them after they are vaccinated, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So we have to wait long enough to measure the level of protection, the length of protection. Um, you know, we can probably extrapolate from adult uh, studies, uh, because the level of protection for children, the antibody levels, is very similar to adults. So assuming that the pharmacodynamics and um, you know the antibody decline over time will be similar for children, uh, it's quite likely that children will be protected for at least six months and probably longer uh, following vaccination against a severe disease, hospitalization, and death. And that is with Omicron. 
um, because um, uh, we should remind ourselves that um, uh, vaccines for the little ones, six months through five years of age, were tested during Omicron phase. Um, so the antibody levels we measured or the uh, manufacturers measured really are antibody levels that are comparable to adults. They're high to protect those children against severe disease for months to come. So the vaccine should protect them from getting seriously ill or hospitalized if they do become infected. Does it do anything to prevent them from spreading the coronavirus if they are infected? Yes, it does. Um, I will use adult data here because I don't have children's data, but in adults, we know that adults who are vaccinated, they are not only less likely to get infected, but once they are, if they have breakthrough infection, which typically is mild, they are less likely to transmit the infection to those around them, and they are less likely to become seriously ill. So there are numerous benefits to vaccination, um, reduction of risk for infection, uh, reduced risk for spread, and highly reduced risk for severe disease and death. When I hear you describe that it should protect for at least six months, it makes me wonder if this is going to be like a flu shot that you need to get every year. Does that look like what it's going to happen? It's quite likely, Amber. I think those are important questions and people really want to know how often will we have to get vaccinated. Um, honestly, um, the, the true answer is we don't know today, but what I can tell you with certainty um, that uh, scientists and researchers, they continue to monitor antibody levels in people who were vaccinated so we can safely determine how frequently people will need to be vaccinated. You know, the antibody level itself is only one arm of uh, that decision uh, tree because we also will have to monitor the emergence of variants. And um, as uh, you know, and I'm sure listeners have heard, Omicron uh, has managed to escape um, natural immunity from pri prior variants and also has been escaping the vaccine-induced immunity. So we are seeing more people getting breakthrough infection, but thankfully the vaccines continue to perform extremely well and protect people against severe disease. Do you recommend that parents get their children vaccinated now, or should they wait until the fall before they go back to school? Mm -hmm. You know, it really depends on your level of risk. I'm so risk averse as a parent, and I have three children who are fully vaccinated, not only with all childhood vaccine, but also with COVID vaccines, including boosters. So for me, I couldn't wait to get my children vaccinated because I did not want them to be infected. You know, COVID is one of the viruses that, especially for children, it can be very unpredictable. We have healthy children who end up in the hospital with MIS-C, which is a very serious inflammatory condition in children. Uh, so it's really challenging to predict which child will just have a cold or no disease with COVID and a child that will end up in a hospital. So for me, being able to vaccinate as soon as I can is really the approach I take. And um, I would um, recommend that parents consider that um, as a strategy to keep their children safe because we know COVID vaccines are extremely safe. Um, so not vaccinating might be a dangerous choice. Do you have general advice for what parents can expect? 
are their children likely to be tired after they get vaccinated or will there be soreness at the injection site? We know what reactions one can expect. And I would also note here that parents are most welcome to actually look at the data themselves. ASAP, which is ACIP, abbreviations for the Advisory Committee for Immunization Practices, it's the body that advises CDC on uh, vaccines, has a recording that's publicly available from their June 17th meeting where the information about reactions is carefully summarized and shared. So if you want detailed information, please log in and watch the video from the public um, meeting. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, there are yeah, there are reactions, both local and systemic, that parents can expect in children. And depending on the child's age, they differ. So let's look at, let's say, children six months to 23 months of age. Those children were more likely to have irritability and be sleepy. Children older, two to five years of age, complain of headache and fatigue small proportion of children had fevers. None of those fevers needed a doctor's uh, visit or hospitalization, but those children had low-grade fevers and needed maybe Tylenol or Motrin to help them with that. Um, the important thing to mention is that uh, those reactions are uh, short-lived, couple days, one to two days. They respond to Tylenol or Motrin, they go away, and they don't come back. Um, and they are comparable to reactions that parents have experienced with their children after other childhood vaccines. So they are not different uh, compared to the reactions their children had um, after uh, vaccination with other childhood vaccines. Is there anything else to know about this vaccine? Yes, I think um, uh, to remember that um, in the past um, there was concern about um, uh, myocarditis, which is an inflammation following vaccination that has been uh, documented as a signal uh, for uh, young adults, young males uh, particularly. We continue to monitor um, um, this reaction uh, with younger age groups for those 5 to 11. There really has not been increased risk for myocarditis. Uh, so again, um, the vaccines continue to work really well. The clinical trials were not powered enough to uh, detect um, this risk uh, for children six months to five years of age, but the vaccine will continue to be monitored. But the expectation is, is that um, the risk is going to be even lower than observed in young adults uh, because the doses are so small uh, compared to the adult doses. Well, Dr. Shaw, I really appreciate you making time for this interview. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My guest has been Pediatric Infectious Disease Specialist, Dr. Yana Shaw. The Informed Patient is a podcast covering health, science, and medicine brought to you by Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, and produced by Jim Howe. Find our archive of previous episodes at upstate.edu informed. This is your host, Amber Smith, thanking you for listening.